Will the Chicago Bulls make a trade at next week's NBA trade deadline? A superstar goes down, which could affect the Eastern Conference. Will you watch the NHL in the Pro Bowl this weekend? P.S. I won't. And we do that hockey with a very special guest and a whole lot more as you're listening to a special edition, the Friday edition of Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago, which starts right now. To the Friday edition of Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. I messed up the intro, but I don't care. This is live. We can do what we want to do. <laughs> We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter X and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. My apologies <laughs> for Dan Campbell in that intro. <laughs> Oh, brother. You can follow me Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X, I can't score again, IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. We are at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media, P O D C A S T S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please. Give War Media follow at WAR Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much, Advance, your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions on in the topic in the world of sports, entertainment, and more, do know our tour strive against we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you've decided to troll and don't do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I would give Lakina full power to give you fools to bear land beer boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you you can catch Sports on Chicago right now, live in the 11 color on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports phone and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Android phone, your PC, or your Chromebook like I'm using right now, just hit up the Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. And yes, it's the first Friday in February. We will provide for, provide you with everything you need here on Second City Sports. Of course, we'll talk Bulls and NBA as a trade deadline approaches and a significant injury could impact the top of the Eastern Conference. No, well, I'm not talking about the Bulls, obviously. Will the Bulls make any big moves? Of course, also to some college hoops as Purdue gets, gets, their, gets their revenge on Northwestern and a big comeback by another Big Ten team to freshen up their resume. Of course, one of our good friends, our old friend, we haven't seen her in over a year, uh, our girl Rachel Kopchak, 
Ray Ray from the House of Hockey from the House of Hockey Podcast, Hockey Lady herself. We'll talk. We'll do that hockey. And of course, also our other Yes, Eddie, she's going to be with us the whole uh, second hour. And, of course, our girl, Christine Macca, joins, uh, joins in on the fun from KXRB. So, but first, Sid, uh, yeah, you talked about it uh, uh, in the teaser there. Uh, there are some rumors that made the Bulls might not make any big moves before the trade deadline. Not really a big surprise. I don't think anybody really expected them to do, do anything. I know that's going to disappoint some Bulls fans, but it wasn't nothing was really going to happen after an up-and-down week. They did lose to Toronto in that, that, that tough game, but they did rebound uh, being the Hornets. So, you know, kind of a sort of a mixed bag there this week. So, uh, so what do you think about all this news, this recent news coming out about the Bulls? I know that we talked about this uh, throughout the course of the season, throughout the course of the summer as well. I know there's a fraction of Bulls fans that want to see this thing blown up. I know there's a fraction of Bulls fans that want to see this team competitive. Well, we've seen the latter over the last couple of years that this team has been com- more than competitive, but they just don't have enough horses. And we decided to pay a star who's not really a superstar max money. This is the results you're going to get. You know, that GM Mark Eversley and vice president of basketball operations, um, Karnas, uh, Karnas they were told to fix this thing in the media immediately. Like, you know, we were excited about three years ago, was it uh, coming up in April, which is the official anniversary when they traded all those picks for Nikolai Vucevic and Otto Porter Jr. And they kind of reset the table. I'm not going to sit here and lie. We were happy because we finally saw change almost immediately. Of course, we saw the signings of DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and Lonzo Ball uh, that following summer. And of course, things started to turn around, but injuries. And then of course, the um, Lack of management looks like now in this in the salary cap, the Bulls are right up against it. I know they picked up guys like Alex Caruso before the start of the last year. They try to piece it together, but Lakina, outside of injuries, the, the looks like the chemistry of this Bulls team has not worked. Now, will they do anything between now and next Thursday's trade deadline? I don't think so. I think the injury to Zach Levine has really hurt the Bulls' chances to do anything at the deadline. Your most valuable asset is Alice Caruso, as I just mentioned. He, he'll be perfect for the team up north, which is the Milwaukee Bucks right now. We'll get to them after the after the timeout. But, Lakina, with the salary constraints that this team has, it, it limits you to pick up the impact plays that you need for this team. Now, we could talk about Andre Drummond, who's done better this year than he did last year because he's getting more playing time. We could talk about Patrick Williams, who's currently hurt, but we saw – what he did in the month of December when Zach was out. We talk about Ayo DeSumo, who's really improved his play over the last two months. But when you limit it in terms of the moves that you can make to really get your team to the next level, this is what you stuck. You stuck in, in NBA hell. When you stuck in uh, NBA hell, this is what it looks like. And then it's not fair to Bulls fans who, who really want a, a, a consistent winner. You want sustained success. And you have really seen it over the last three years. We saw what this team could be a couple years ago when they won 46 games before bowing out to Milwaukee Bucks. But the last couple years is really, it's like a slow drip when you haven't fixed the plumbing. And that's what we're looking at with this Bulls team right now. It's one of those things where it's just like a Z Sports on Sports on Chicago, like Keenan McGee and Brown with you. The whole thing with, with all this, I think all this started when uh, Alonzo got, you know, got hurt and, and he has, he hasn't played in like at least the last couple of years. I think that's what kind of started the shift. Guys started getting COVID, and then all the pieces started. I mean, you know, no one could stay healthy. All that I think kind of manifests, and I think that's why this is where the Bulls are at right now. 
P. Will's going to be out maybe not until after the All-Star break. And then, you know, Zach and his injury, they'll probably another couple weeks before he can come back. So I think for me, look, I think that I know people want to see there are certain factions of Bulls, uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, that want to see this thing blown up. Well, look where Orlando is. It's like, it's now, now it looks like Orlando started to figure things out, but look how long it took him. So for me, mm-hmm. I think that this whole thing with the Bulls, because I want to get to the rest of the NBA before we go to break. But, you know, I think if you're the Bulls, I look, you can't really – you can't really, you don't want to give up your assets because you're still right there in the thick of it in the play-in. You're only three games – you're only about, what, two, two, three games back of Miami. We'll see if they can kind of figure things out. I know they just, they just got Terry Rozier. We'll see if the Magic can keep up what they're doing. So it's I just don't the book the only reason why the Bulls are in this spot because the rest you know other than Boston and we'll talk about them after the break and, and Milwaukee I think you know the Knicks too but I, I think the Knicks are peaking too soon but that that look I'll get to them in a, in a minute but it's sort of one of those things where other than those teams I mean the teams around them are just aren't, aren't very good so this is one of the reasons why the Bulls are where they at right now because of the fact that look they can't help what what happens around the rest of the conference so this is for me I think this Bulls team is kind of like yes they're stuck in NBA hell but unfortunately it could be worse. I will come at this from another angle, Lakina, and his name has been brought up over the last week or so. And that's DeMar DeRozan. Remember all the talks that we, that we heard through the first couple months of the season, he wanted to talk his extension with the bulls. Of course, he's a free agent at the end of this season. Would you even entertain of trading him? And realistically, what would you get back for a 35 year old star? He's still very good as we can see, but this Bulls franchise needs draft picks, i.e. first-round picks. And I think, like I said before, the most value you can get right now is Alex Caruso. But from what you just said, Lakino, deep down, if you really follow this team, uh, they're going to ride this out just like last year and pray and hope for the best. And as our guy Josh Nelson from Sox Machine, friend of the show, always says, hope is not a strategy. And let's just say you think about trading DeRozan, would you really get fair value for him? I think you can get more for Caruso. That you can for DeMar DeRozan. Well, and like I said, it'll be interesting to see if the Bulls do decide to trade. I think if you're, I know Austin Reed's name's been floating around, or Deontay Murray's been floating, names have floated around as well. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Bulls decide to do, if they can do anything. Because you're probably not going to, you probably going to, you may get, you, you, I don't know if you're going to get a top pick for Caruso. You probably just aren't. You may get a sec, a, a low second rounder, a mid second rounder for DeMar if you decide to trade them. But I can see this team standing pen. I think that's what probably what they're going to end up doing. Okay. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina hanging out here with you as we talk Bulls in the NBA. Lakina, let's uh, we'll continue our NBA discussion uh, after the break. But I want to get get your thoughts on a couple of games that took place last night. Uh, we'll start off with the first game of that TNT doubleheader. No LeBron, no Anthony Davis. Uh, I was mad just like everybody else. But you mentioned Austin Reese. He stepped up and hit seven three pointers as the Lakers upset the Celtics in Boston. Gotten the new gotten. Pardon my uh, East Coast uh, accent, 114 to 105. And of course, the Knicks come from behind to beat the Pacers at Madison Square Garden, 109 105. I'll start with the uh, I'll start with the uh, the the the, Celt- the the Celtics the Lakers game first. I mean, I saw I saw this game, and I know that I'm sure people I'm sure the TNT people were not very happy that both LeBron and Eddie decided to take the game off. But look, Austin Reeves, his like I said, his name's been floored around. He had uh, 32 points with Tyler career high, and you know D'Angelo Russell didn't do too much, but he did have 16 points, so he kicked in a little bit there. Uh, Vanderbilt had 10 points. All all five stars were double figures for the Lakers. And Warwick Mirror, I have 15 off the bench. And out of this live for uh, for the Celtics. And unfortunately for the Celtics, it was really the three-point shooting that kind of did them in. 
18 for 46. I mean, that's not, they usually shoot about 40%. So that's not going to, that's not going to do it for, for you. And plus, you know, the, 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 the Lakers are actually able to shoot well from three. They had like shot like almost 53%, probably one of their best, you know, since the, uh, the incident tournament. So nice win for, for them. And, and, you know, without their two top guys, that's, that's a huge win. Now, as far as the Knicks are concerned, I've said this before, look, Jalen Brunson, 40 points. He got in the All-Star game. You saw his interview with Alan Hahn after the game yesterday. Mm -hmm. You saw how excited he was. But I feel like, you know, 40 points, of course, which is up there in in a career total form. But for me, I think the Knicks are picking a little too soon for my taste. And I think that, look, we'll see what, you know, luckily for Julius Randle, it's only a a separated shoulder. So he's only going off about two, three. So he'll be back after the All-Star break. But um, I'm kind of at the point where, like, will they run out of gas? Like, you don't want to peak too soon. You still got a lot of season. Like, you still got about a little over half the season left. And I'm wondering, like, look, could the defense – look, we saw what happened last season in the playoffs for them. And, then, and look, I know that uh, Anobi has been a great difference for him on the defensive side, but I'm still not sold on the Knicks just yet. I'm not. Well, we won't get a fair evaluation of this Knicks team until, as you mentioned, Julian Serena come back following the All-Star break in the next couple of weeks. But Jalen Brunson, as we talked about before, Lakina, throughout the season, he's uh, he made a difference in that with that Knicks team last year. He was trying to fill himself out. But this year, his numbers have stepped up in all uh, categories with the scoring, the field goal shooting, the three-point shooting, and his free throws as well. He was 9-11 from the, from the foul line last night. But as you mentioned, this Knicks team has a chance to take advantage. I don't know that they're peaking too soon, but they're taking advantage of the teams they have on their schedule. As we mentioned, that, that Pacers team is very good offensively. Defensively, they're in worse trouble defensively, in my opinion. But uh, the Knicks uh, dug in deep and came from behind uh, and to beat the Pacers last night. They did it with defense, but uh, all the guys that usually don't get playing time because of Julius Randle uh, being in there, they're going to have to step up. And so far, they, they've been doing it. Now, we'll talk about this team uh, after the break, but the Knicks can move up because of the injury to Joel Embiid uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll discuss what's going to happen with him and with that team going forward. The Knicks, people may think they uh, peak it too soon, but they can really make some hay here and they can can stay consistent. Like I said, the peaking part, you just answered my my question about the peaking part. Like I said, I think – Look, we'll be interested to see if what they do once Randall comes back. We'll see how the team looks if they can avoid any serious, more serious injuries. But, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm not sold on Knicks yet. I, I'm not. But we'll talk more about that. Of course, we'll talk about that and be injury. And the, the, the Sixers actually did get a win that last night, so that you know they're gonna have to, one of their their, their support guys got to step up with however long and be is gone. So we'll talk more NBA and some college hoops as well as Purdue gets their revenge on Northwestern, a crazy game, and a whole lot more like Keenan McGee, City Brown, Second City Sports, us sports of Chicago, more more above the road talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color as we move along right here on Sports Soul Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter, X in the IG, SCK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow my Keena McGee on the Twitter, X. I can't go in the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left for this extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakino will get the up on the screen for you. All right, so let's talk some more NBA as uh, continuing with last night's games. Uh, the Sixers beat the Jazz 127-124. Tyrese Maxey got a career high of 51 points. He's going to have to step up because... We talked about it earlier. Joel Embiid uh, suffered an injury earlier this week. He has a uh, lateral meniscus uh, injury. No, no, no tear. Nothing. There's no tear. It's just that you know it, it is sprained, and there's no uncertainty. He will be gone after the All Star break. They don't know how long he'll be gone after that. So, guys like Maxi, they're going to have to. You know, they're really are going to have to step up, especially you know who knows how long Embiid will be out. Uh, guys like Tobias Harris. Uh, Kelly Aubrey Jr. I mean, among many others, it may have they, you know, Patrick. We may see more Pebev on the on the court for the Sixers. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they how all this you know plays out, how this shakes out with the beat being out. 
As long as, as long as Joel Embiid does not need surgery, I think this Phil 76 team will be okay. As long as they can just play around 500 until he returns later on in the season, whenever that, that is, whether it's mid or late March or early April, just right before the playoffs, I think Philadelphia will be okay. They just cannot fall out of the fourth seed, and here's why. Because when it comes to playoffs, home court advantage matters, and for a team like Philadelphia that is trying to get – to the finals for the first time since 2001. That team needs home court advantage more than anybody. And we've seen what that team looks like with Joel and B healthy. How many times we talked about it? When Joel and B is healthy, he's one of the best uh, unstoppable big men in the NBA. We saw that a couple weeks ago now when he scored his career high 70 points. But uh, you mentioned the, the role players, and we talked about all year the kid who's going to be that third wheel. Now who's going to be that second wheel? Tobias Harris, even though he was 0 for 5 from three-point range last night, he stepped up big with 28 points. We saw Patrick Beverly uh, make a contribution last night. He had nine points, but it, it's going to be a couple other those young guys. They have to grow up in a hurry if, uh, coming off their bench. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Like I said, well, they'll, they'll have to step up, you know, because – Hopefully he may only be gone maybe a month or so. I heard maybe three to four weeks. So uh, we'll see there. Now another team that could benefit from uh, me being out is the Cavs. They they beat the Grizzlies 108-101. Donovan Mitchell with 25 as they're starting to get it together. I'm talking about the Cavs. Now going into Wednesday's games, uh, Portland with a mild upset against Milwaukee as uh, Dame in his first trip back to Portland. Yeah, Damian Lillard got a nice, respectable, and, uh, and a tremendous standing ovation from the Portland Trailblazers crowd, and uh, it was it was a nice moment for him and, and for a struggling franchise of the Portland Trailblazers that said, had not has not had much go for go their way of the season. So it, it was great for them to to uh, honor him their their long time start before trading before the start of the season. But once the game got going. You could tell that those young players on that Trailblazers team fed out their energy. That game was on national television, i.e. ESPN, and they they fed off that. They they played one obviously one of their best games, or not the best game of, of the season. They walked out, out there with a three point win at home. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I like I like the I get like a classy uh, uh, ovation there for uh, the Blazers mm-hmm. fans. That was really, and I think they they know what happened in the business behind it. So they don't. I'm glad they don't blame Dave for all that 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 kind of transpired. Um, him a trade over to Milwaukee. Uh, Phoenix, another well, Katie, his first trip back to uh, Brooklyn, he had 33 points as the Suns. No trouble with with the well, actually, you know, they had a little bit of trouble, but they had to kind of get it going there with a big fourth quarter 136, 120. They beat the Nets. OKC beat uh, Denver 105, 100. Shy Gilligas Alexander, SGA, as people are calling him because they figure it's gonna be too so long of a day for the pronounce, but 34 points nonetheless. Uh, Aaron Gordon kicked it with 16 for uh. The, the Nuggets and uh, it was just a you know, hot shooting by the the Thunder that kind of you know got that got them that win. Yeah, that's what kept them going so far throughout the season, being one of the top two teams in the Western Conference seating wise, next to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You mentioned about Shia Gilgis Alexander. Don't forget about rookie center Chet Holmgren, who's who's chipped in nicely in his technically his second year, but he's a uh, initial rookie series because he missed all of last year with that torn ACL, but he's playing nicely. Plus, my guy, the second fiddle, as I call him on the team, Jalen Williams, he's been playing very well uh, for this Oklahoma Thunders uh, team as well. Lakina, can we say I haven't said it all year? I've been lying in, in the in the weeds to say this, but can you officially nominate their head coach along with uh, head coach Finch from Minnesota as the top two candidates for uh, NBA head coach of the year? I think so. I think they're. 
Yeah, I think they're definitely the the two leaders in the clubhouse, and I don't think anybody thought that they would be. You know, I don't think anybody thought that the Thunder and uh, the T Wolves would be the top two teams in the West. Now, can they keep it up? I mean, that's going to be another story. Oh, Mark Mark Dynod, who is uh, the coach for the Thunder, he's one of the rising coaches in, in the league, and it's going to—he's only thirty-eight years old, so go figure with that one. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's definitely between him and uh, Fitch for uh, for coach of the year. I think they're definitely the two main leaders right now. So, uh, like I said, we'll see if they can keep it up. I mean, look, none of these, neither of these teams have been in this position for well, for the Thunder has been a minute, but. You know the T Wolves. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of the T Wolves, they beat uh, they beat Dallas one twenty one eighty seven. I mean, it'll be interesting if they both can keep it up. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, you, you've got look, you got the Clippers behind them. We'll talk about them in a second. You got the Suns. They're getting it going. So uh, yeah, the West is still lots to be decided in the West though, because they're all within like maybe four or five games of each other. Those top six uh, teams. Yeah, we expect an improvement from OKC in Minnesota this year, uh, both uh, mo- mostly on Minnesota's side. It was because of health last year, i.e. Carl Anthony Towns. But we expect an improvement for both the Thunder and, and the Timberwolves this year, but no one expected them to be at the top of the heap of the Western Conference. But like you said, we can see, we'll see that they can keep it up. The uh, Pelicans beat Houston 110.99. Miami, no trouble. Actually, well, some of them have been surprised, but they did pull away from the Kings 115-108 that Jimmy Butler had a season-high 31. It looks like maybe that's, maybe that's, he's starting to kind of get together a little bit. Yeah. As we said before, we'll say it again. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, as you mentioned, they picked up Scary Terry Rozier from Charlotte a little bit over a week and a half ago. They got to find that third wheel to help those two guys out, and they got to shoot the ball with some consistency. And remember, they did that in the playoffs last year until they got fatigued in the later stages of the Eastern Conference final series against Boston. Of course, you all saw what happened at, in that final series last year against Denver. So it's all about them keeping up with their stamina and continuing consistency with their hot shooting. Because you, you know they're going to give it to you on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, well, the scoring, we'll have to, have to pick it up there. Clippers, no trouble with the Wizards. Cleveland beat Detroit. They and of course, here we talk about the Bulls and the Hornets. You know, no trouble there. Kobe White, who should be an All Star, you know, darted thirty five points. We'll get to that in a little bit uh, if we have time uh, to do Tuesday's games. Of course, Golden State, um, no trouble with uh, the the Sixers one nineteen one oh seven. Before we talk about that, you know, that tough Raptors, uh, you know, loss at the at in Chicago, uh, Boston uh, edged out Indiana, outscored Indiana one twenty nine one twenty four. The Knicks beat the Jazz and the Hawks 138-122 over the Lakers. If you took the over on that one, I, I guess you had a nice little start to your week week there. <laughs> so <laughs> anything else NBA wise before we go to this week's games, weekend's games? Oh, a couple of notes from that Lakers Hawks game. One when D'Angelo Russell at the free throw line the other night. Uh the Hawks face Shannon, we don't want you. And LeBron James decided to go passive aggressive once again following the game. Uh, my team, my teammates need to play better, and he did the hourglass tweet on Twitter X, and uh, he's just going at it again like a fifteen-year-old child. I mean, there was they had this thing on Get Up where well, well, the Lakers uh, trade LeBron. I think that that was a whole waste of like ten minutes. I'm like, really? That that wasn't gonna happen. I'm glad, and I'm glad his uh, longtime friend and agent Rich Paul said, look, that's not happening. So uh, I don't know where that. I mean, whatever. But I, I think if the Lakers were in a better position, I think no one will be really be talking about this nonsense. But uh, mm-hmm. it is what it is there. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I mean, 
it was interesting. I got that big win last night without LeBron and AD, you know, I, you know, iron ironically. So I'll be interested to see what they do, but, uh, it just seemed a little silly, but, uh, what, what, what do you, what can I say? Yeah. What do we know? <laughs> All right. So, uh, going to, going to, uh, this weekend's games, you've got the Clippers continue their East coast road trip at Detroit at six. You got Miami, meaning the Wizards, also at six. Phoenix continue their East Coast road trip as well. They take on the Hawks. Sacramento and Indiana, that should be a fun one at 6.30. And you got Toronto and Houston, who had an interesting loss uh, uh, earlier this week at 7 o'clock. Finish out tonight's schedule Friday. uh, The NBA TV game of the night will have the Golden State Warriors visiting the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll have Orlando and Minnesota. This should be a fun one. High-scoring affair. Take the over in that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll have the Charlotte Hornets visiting Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll have the Pelicans visiting the San Antonio Spurs. Zion versus Victor Wimbiyama. And for the nightcap, we'll have Portland visiting Denver. Okay. And we go into tomorrow, Saturday's games. Uh, you got Brooklyn and Philadelphia. That'll be interesting to see, especially now without Embiid. Golden State for you know, starts their East Coast swing. They face Atlanta at 6.30. Of course, the Bulls have a tough one as they host the Kings tomorrow night at 7. The ABC Saturday game of the of the night, well, of, yeah, of the weekend of the night, you got the Knicks versus the uh, hosting the Lakers at MSG. Always fun when those two teams play. So uh, we'll see if LeBron and AD are back for that one. They probably will be. Milwaukee and Dallas at 7.30 and Cleveland and San Antonio, it's also at 7.30 tomorrow. I'll be shy to LeBron James. Both of them, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I'll be shy to both those guys don't play tomorrow. So, you know, LeBron James, as we always say, he likes to put on a show when he comes to Chicago. He loves to do the same thing at MSG. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. I guarantee you those folks at ABC, ESPN won't be happy. Either one of those guys don't play, but we'll see what happens. Here's your schedules for Sunday. We'll have Orlando at Detroit. Phoenix at Washington in our nation's capital. Kevin Durant goes home. We'll have mm-hmm. Memphis at Boston. Indiana at Charlotte. The Clippers in the, in the Miami Heat part that Sunday night doublehead on ESPN. We'll have the Rockets at Timberwolves. We have Toronto at OKC. The Milwaukee Bucks will visit the Utah Jazz. And then the – it's not a doubleheader, excuse me, but the second game actually televised on Sunday night. This will be on NBA TV at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll have Portland taking on Denver once again. No, folks, this is not a typo. Those teams will play each other once again on back-to-back. Yeah, the NBA, the NBA TV game with the Phoenix and Washington. That will be the first game of the NBA TV doubleheader. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's your yeah, that's your schedule for this weekend in the National Basketball Association. Before we move on to college basketball, Lakina, I want to get your thoughts about the All-Star Reserves reserves list that was announced last no night. No, Kobe, why? Yeah. Boo! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I saw that list. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, sorry if I, if I cut you off, but yeah, I was a little it's bit, right. a little, no, 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 no. I mean, I was a little bit miffed because I think, you know, Kobe has shown that he deserves to be a one of the reserves. And I think he probably will still get in the all-star game because I'm sure there are going to be guys that are going to want to pull out during due to injuries and fatigue or whatever. We know it is going to be out. So we'll see if he gets mm-hmm. that reserve spot there, but yeah, I mean, I'm not like too upset about it, but that's probably the, really the only the only one I was probably say, okay, that 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 person still has a gripe, but the other guys, I think you know, they they deserve the spots. All right, uh, you're listening to Second City Sports. 
Uh, I had no problem with it either. I thought that Kobe White, uh, as we said before, looking before everybody else in Chicago, Mia jumped on it in mid-December that Kobe White had a shot at being an all-star. I think his struggles toward the end of the month of December and the beginning of January uh, affected him. Of course, uh, what he did in the last full week of January cost him as well. I know he's starting to pick it up again, but I think it's just the inconsistency during the month of January will really cost him. But like you said, we have a couple more injuries in the Eastern Conference squad. I'm sure he'll get the call. I'll be yeah, shocked I, if he I, doesn't. Yeah, I'd be, I, I would be as well. So, and now we can get into college. This is the second season sports on Sports of Chicago. as wrapping up. Uh, our one, the Kingdom of Geese, Sidney Brown, with you. Uh, Sid, yesterday, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Well, let's talk about yesterday. Uh, well, the, the, the Brass of Cohorts, of course, we know our, our, our buddy coach Fred Horberg's over there now, is putting together a nice little tur uh, turning resume. They come back from 19, 19 down to beat uh, Wisconsin. They get their revenge from an early loss. Uh, about a little over a month ago, uh, Steve, uh, Stefan Castle had 20 points, which is a career high for – what do I got? I got the wrong one here. Uh, darn it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a nice word, like I said, a nice word for Brett Horvick and that, that, that Cornhusker program. But, look, they're having a really good season uh, this season. CJ uh, Witcher had 22 points, which is, a, which is a career high for him. They forced overtime, came back, and it was actually Witcher's uh, – some of the, the big shots that he made that helped uh, the Cornhuskers go pull off the upsets. Yeah, you mentioned defense was the name of the game for Nebraska. They they, they committed six. They forced sixteen turnovers from Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin usually uh, does that the other way uh, against their opponents, and Nebraska took a page out of their book last night. Also, too, they held Wisconsin to thirty-two percent shooting from the outside, and even though the, Nebraska were, were, had a minus seven rebounding uh, disadvantage, as you mentioned, they made the big plays when they had to. Remember that first matchup we talked about early in the year. Nebraska uh, couldn't shoot the ball well. That was the opposite last night, and they stepped up their defense when they had to. It was, with, it was Wisconsin that really faltered under the pressure. I was shocked when I saw the highlights. I saw the score. I'm like, hmm, this is not supposed to happen. But as we talked about before, Nebraska be, could be one of those sneaky teams come Big Ten tournament time. Yeah, yeah. Look, they look if they if they should if they should get it. I mean, would they have a nice little resume there? They they've been yeah. Purdue. They they've been now. They've been to Wisconsin. Uh, they, you know, AP teams had AP top ten teams had been 1458 consecutive wins. We lead by eighteen or less coming into the day. So thanks to that uh, that performance by Wisconsin, a nice little comeback there by the Cornhuskers. That that shrinks no more. So uh, you know, unfortunately, there Arizona beat Cal. Uh, no trouble there for them. Uh, Throwing through some of the games from this. Week, uh, UCLA beat Oregon State and uh, Oregon beat USC. Uh, going to from earlier this week on Wednesday, then we can talk about that Wednesday matchup between uh Purdue and Northwestern. Uh, just a lot of a lot of weirdness happening in that game, just a you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, but but then of course, uh, North Northwestern, I mean, it's it, I mean, I'm a it's it's a little hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a little, I'm off here, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's yeah. just like Northwest is shooting in overtime, but right, I, but, but before the game, Northwest shot the ball very well at 57, percent and they shot it well from three point range as well at a 51 percent clip. But uh, they just ran out of gas in overtime. You talked about uh, on our last show that they were looking, uh, Purdue was looking for a revenge from their matchup early in the year. Zach Eady was the man, perhaps the best player still in college basketball this year. He scored 30 points. I know Boo Booey led 
Northwestern with 25. But Lakina, it was a, about the turnovers, and Purdue forced a couple of big ones down the stretch, especially in that overtime. And Northwestern, their main problem was they couldn't rebound the basketball. They were minus 14 in the rebounding department as Purdue out-rebounded them for the whole game, 36 to 22. So Northwestern, even even though they shot the lights out, they had a, some crucial turnovers in the late stages of the game. They couldn't rebound the basketball. That's what really cost them the game. As Purdue beat Northwestern 105 to 96, Purdue improves their record to 20 and 2 on the year, while Northwestern drives their record to 15 and 6 on the year. The final line night on Tuesday nights, we keep it local in college basketball. They defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes on the road in Columbus 87 to 75. We mentioned the return of Terrence Shannon Jr. a couple weeks ago. He he did it again. Uh, with a big game, with a game high, team high of 23 points, including 7-17 shooting from, from the field, 6-6 six six from the free throw line. Uh, Jamison Battle for the Ohio State Buckeyes had 21 points as well, including 8-15 uh, shooting. The Illini shot the ball well at a 51% clip. They shot the ball well from three-point range at 41%. As we talked about before with this fight in the line 19, when they shoot the ball well, Especially from three-point range, they're, they're they're very hard to beat. When they don't shoot the ball well and they fall in love with their three-point shot, uh, it's difficult for them. But all you know them being a very good three-point shooting team, but also they can get out and run with that athleticism and speed. And so head coach Brett Underwood, as we talked about, they have some talent on that squad. Not only with Terrence uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. returning to that squad, you also have Ty Rogers. Yeah, also have Dane Danger uh, uh, with that big guy coming off the bench. You also have Coleman Hawkins, who's been a, a veteran guy on that team as well. And don't forget about uh, Matt Dalsman, who can shoot it from the outside and look goody, uh, goody as well. So he has a mix of shooters and athletic guys that can get up and down the court. And Illinois is looking very well right now with a 16-5 and record overall. And they still are ranked in the top 16, uh, one of the top 16 teams in the country as, as far as college basketball concerned. And they're right up there next to Purdue and Northwest as, as far as the big uh, top three records uh, in the Big Ten Conference. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, a few other scores to pass along from um, from college basketball from early this week. Uh, number 23, Oklahoma, they they blow out Kansas State, 73 to 63. Porter Moser, the former Loyola Chicago uh, head coach, he's doing very well with Oklahoma this year. They looks like they're finally starting to turn it around there. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, they lose uh, to TCU as TCU is now ranked number 25 in the country. Jamie Dixon and crew uh, come come away with a seven-point victory, 85-78. to 78. Kansas, uh, um, they blow out Oklahoma State, 83-54 to 54 in Lawrence, Kansas. It looks like Bill Self and his team is starting to turn around after not playing so well the last few games. It looks like they started to turn it, turn it around there. Also, too, a couple of other scores to pass along from Wednesday. Uh, number five, Tennessee. They were upset at home by South Carolina by the score of 63 uh, to 59. As we talked about throughout this uh, young college basketball season, what the parity is going on, especially with the uh, with the athletes in the transfer portal. You, uh, parity is imperative in college basketball this year. UConn, you talk about Gonzaga, Gonzaga maybe missing a tournament. We see teams like uh, Tennessee, as I mentioned, uh, going down. Of course, I'll talk about my Memphis uh, Tigers in just a moment with Penny Hardaway as they have a big game this weekend. Uh, the teams that were ranked in the top five uh, at various points this season have gone on 
on short losing streaks. And there's been a change in the top 10, top five, almost every week throughout the course of the season. So uh, if this is any indication where we're going to see in, in the, these conference tournaments coming up next month. And of course, with the big March madness, uh, it's going to be uh, one tournament to remember. So we'll keep an eye on that. In Big East play, number nine, Marquette, they get a big victory on the road. They take down Villanova 85 to 80. Of course, North Carolina, uh, they were upset at Georgia Tech by the score of 74-73. Hubert Davis, the head coach of the, of the Tar Heels, uh, they've been having a nice season, but they've, they've been struggling here lately, so they got caught with their pants down, no pun intended, as they lose uh, at Georgia Tech by one. Of course, a couple of scores to pass along from uh, the action we had uh, as review from Monday. Number seven, do they get a big win on the road, defeating Virginia Tech 77-67. to John Shire, the new head coach, in his second year at the helm, replacing Coach K. He's doing a fine job uh, with those uh, with those young guys. It looks like they're starting to come around. We saw that toward the end of the year last year before they bowed out early in the NCAA tournament. Looks like the same scenarios happened again. So we'll see if Duke can improve on what they did last year. And also to number four, the Houston Cougars. They defeated the Texas Longhorns 76-72 in overtime. When you talk about the Houston Cougars now going into the Big 12, uh, it's tougher competition right now, but they still remain one of the top five teams in the country as they get a big win on the road this past Monday at Texas. As now, I have my partner back, Miss Lakina McGee, rejoining me as we continue this college basketball discussion. Yeah, I mean, some of the upset, I think, I'm pretty much the Boise State uh, upset in New Mexico. They, they've was not an easy thing to do, especially at the pit. But yeah, some really uh, interesting uh, matchups or uh, results over uh, this past week. So as we're getting into the uh, getting into down to the wire here, we got about seven weeks before Selection Sunday. So, so uh, let's go into uh, this weekend's games really quick. Uh, number one, UConn against St. John's. That's going to be on the Big Fox Network at 11 a.m. Uh, let's see, Miami. They've struggled a little bit lately. They host Virginia Tech. They had a uh, you know, that should be a fun one. That's going to be 11 a.m. on ESPN. Memphis hoping they can get together. They host Wichita State. They've lost it like about four in a row. So uh, Yeah, my Penny Hardaway crew, they need it desperately. <laughs> Arkansas and LSU at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. South Carolina and Georgia, that's going to be on the SEC Network. Texas and TCU, that's going to be at 1 o'clock on ESPN2. Marquette, uh, uh, they go on the road to D.C. Just outside D.C., they host as they face Georgetown, FS1. K-State and Oklahoma State on the Big 12 ESPN Plus streaming there. Uh, Bradley they, and Illinois said they face each other uh, matchup. Always great when those two uh, long-time routes in the Missouri Valley play each other. Northwestern, they go on the road against Minnesota on the Big 10 Network. Let's see these afternoon games here. Yeah, Houston, number four. Houston. Yeah, number four. Houston will face number eight Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas tomorrow. That's on ESPN at three o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, as I talked about, Houston picked up a big win the other night um, mm -hmm. against Texas. Uh, Kansas uh, got back on track, blowing out Oklahoma State. I'm interested to see what what the Houston Cougars could do on the road against a, a very good Kansas team. That should be a good one over there, Fog Allen on ESPN. Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma, they uh, face UCF, UCF at the same time on the Big 12 as, uh, ESPN Plus Network. Let's see, let's go to these uh, night matchups here. Uh, 
Yeah, Duke in North Carolina tomorrow at 5 p.m. on ESPN. Usually we see some classic moments and, and some classic um, finishes between these two teams. As I mentioned, North Carolina, they, they want to get the bad taste out of their mouth of losing to Georgia Tech on the road the other night. So we'll see what Hubert Davis and crew has up their sleeve. Should be should, always a, a good time when those two teams play against each other, no matter what the record. So that should be a fun one. Maryland and Michigan State, congrats to Tom Izzo on a 700, 700 career win all at Michigan State. So, uh, you know, nice job uh, there over there. We'll see. I mean, Look, he's in the seventy. He looks fantastic. We'll see if he retires. I know, I know, he doesn't want to talk about that, but uh, I'll be interested to see if, if that comes up. Auburn and Ole Miss at five o'clock on SEC Network. That should be a fun one. BYU and West Virginia uh, on the Big Twelve ESPN Plus Network on the night the later uh, games here. Let's see. You got Iowa State and Baylor on ESPN two at seven o'clock. That should be a fun one in the Big Twelve. And let's see, Tennessee and Kentucky, that's a 7 on ESPN. After that Duke and a North Carolina game, mm-hmm. that should be a fun one. I know Tennessee had a, a, a tough loss earlier this week, so I know they're going to – both teams did, so I know they're going to want to bounce back there. Both teams looking to bounce back. Alabama, they host Mississippi State at 7-3 on ES, uh, SEC Network, I should say. Uh, and St. Mary's and Gonzaga at 9-30 on ESPN. Um, Gonzaga, I don't, I don't want to say they're on the bubble, but – Beating St. Mary's could definitely help their turning resume because if not, they might find themselves being shadowed the turn for the first time in a long time. Agreed. And two games to pass along for Sunday at high noon Central Standard Time on CBS. We'll have Purdue visiting Wisconsin. Of course, we talked about Purdue beating Northwestern the other day and Wisconsin losing to Nebraska last night. And early Sunday night affair at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Big Ten Network. We'll have Illinois hosting Nebraska. Big game for both teams here. Definitely should be on upset. I'm talking about Illinois should because uh, yes. I'm, not, I'm sure they're going to be a little bit more confident since they beat Nebraska, came back. So, yeah, Illinois better uh, watch out for the Cornhuskers. Hour number one in the books uh, at hour number two straight ahead. This is the second season sports on Sports on Chicago. We got our girl, Ray Ray, uh, Rachel Kocek. I haven't seen her in a while. We'll catch up with her. We'll, talk, we'll also talk. We'll also do that hockey. And, uh, of course, talk about the season thus far in NHL. Of course, our girl, Christine Mack from KXRB. Shows us as well. Give her th- early thoughts on the NFL coaching carousel and her early thoughts on Super Bowl 58. That and a whole lot more. Like Keenan McGee, City Brown, Second City Sports, on Sports of Chicago. We do we do the hockey coming up right after this. lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting i was just checking in with my mom i was telling her that i thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention i'm not even halfway through my text there's no way i'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's supposed to be a quick text i'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. 
Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow Lakina McGee on the Twitter X and the IG. And if you have any questions or comments for us, especially during our last hour of the show, and especially for our next guest, you can always hit us up at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Not now, but right now on Roku TV. All right, so we haven't had our other good friend in a long time. I think it's almost a year to the day that we've last had yes. her on. It's yes. so- way too long, way too long. <laughs> oh, we got a lot to catch up with her on from NHL. Of course, we got the All-Star break going on right now, All-Star weekend. Of course, Connor Bedard and maybe a little Blackhawks. And it's a great breaking news coming from the NHL side as well of all the Olympics. Let's not let's not, uh, let's not uh, you know give her uh, waste any more time. Without further ado, she is the hockey lady herself from the Coast of Ho- House of Hockey podcast, Miss Rachel Rick Popchek. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Sid. Hi, Lakina. Thanks for having me. That's a shame that it has been that long. I feel like it's not, but I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> I know it feels that way, but it is. But uh, yeah, but it's been way too long. How are you, Rachel? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. We have so much breaking news we have to get to. The, the yes, Olympics. Please. And then something else just came down. They're doing a Four Nations face-off in February. The NHL is going to play a mid-season tournament featuring mm-hmm. players from the U.S., Canada, Finland, and Sweden. Hmm. 
All kinds yeah. of breaking news coming out in the middle of this um, all-star weekend, apparently. So we can get to all that. I'm just like, what's going on? I better, I was like, let me just check real quick, see what's happening before we hop on. So much, but I'm yeah, good. Let's, I'm good. You know, let's get to that. Let's get to some of that breaking news first, uh, Rachel. Uh, of course, we talked about it. Uh, you just you just mentioned it. You know, the NHL, the NHLPA, and I, IHF have uh, now said they're they're planning on bringing the NHL players back to the Olympics for 2026 and 2020. For the Winter Olympics, this will be the first time that the NHL players will be able to compete in Olympics on the Olympic stage all the way back in 2014, so about a decade ago. So what do you think of, what do you think about that this news coming across the pike? Listen, the players are going to be so excited. There are so many players who are legends who have not had a chance to play in the Olympics. And I know they're going to be very excited about it. I know the original issue was making sure that there was some financial contribution involved and all of that because the league, of course, has to pause while, while the select few go to the Olympics. However, I'm really excited about this. I think it's long overdue, and I think it's going to be really great for the sport and just for the league to to bring this back to that national uh, scale. I think it'll help help the sport tremendously. Uh, another break breaking news from the world of hockey, mm-hmm. of course, uh, with the Los Angeles Kings, Todd McClellan gets the boot. Uh, now it looks like Jim Hiller is uh, taking over there. What do you think about the Los Angeles Kings? They got a, they had a nice start to the year, and now Tyler McCullough is uh, is uh, has paid the price for it. Uh, uh, Drew Dowdy, uh, their longtime veteran defenseman, came out and said uh, his team needs to play better. We need, need to see more attitude. Uh, what's going on with the LA Kings right now? Do you do you think they can salvage it up enough to make it to the playoffs? Listen, if Drew Doughty can't rally the troops, then nobody can there. And then you need to just start over because Drew is quite the leader and quite the voice and presence. And having lived in Los Angeles for a long time and gone to a lot of Kings games um, only because that was what I was forced to do. But, (laughs) you know, I'm Chicago Blackhawks. All the way. Uh, but I got to watch a lot of away games and then I would go if I wanted to just see some hockey. But he is a force there. And apparently there is some kind of rumor of the sort that there are players on the team maybe more concerned about individual points and individual stats as opposed to the team. And I'm not really sure what's gone down, but they were also only winning on the road. They were having a really hard time winning home games as well. As far as the coach goes, that's the that's the only option, right? Just like in the NBA, and and it, it's just it's just what you do. You fire the coach because these play most of the players that you have are under long term contracts, and you can't mm-hmm. just like fire a player. There's a lot more involved, and the coach is always the first one to go. I think it's a little bit of a shame, but I know that organization really wants to utilize this core that they have and try to make a push and get back into the playoffs again, like they had um, on and off in these last couple seasons, they were contenders. They're in there. They're in the wild card race. They're bringing themselves back to the surface. And I think that it's probably a motivating factor by the organization. Another team that made some changes were the New York Islanders. They brought in Patrick Waugh to be their head coach. Unfortunately, they've now they've lost two in a row since. So uh, do you think, <laughs> although it's great to see him back, you know, behind the bench, you know, that, you know, of course, you know, Hall of Fame goalie. So uh, what do you think? Can he make a difference with the Islanders? For sure. But pump the brakes, girl, just because they lost two games. Come on. <laughs> He's been there for like 
two weeks. Okay. We got we got to let this man get settled. All right. And uh, Patrick Waugh did this interview with um, MSG Networks, and he talked about how his goal isn't to just throw his whole plan at them and expect it to work. He fully understands that this is going to take a little time. He wants to implement a different style of play. I think the players are all on board and you're going to have some losses and you're going to have some bumps along the way. I don't know that they're expecting to make a playoff run, making this decision at this time, halfway through the season. Yeah, sure. That would be great, but that's a lot to put on a team. And I don't think the coach is, is, is thinking that's going to happen, nor do I think the ownership is. I think it's a good thing. He's He scares me personally, and I don't know how I would <laughs> He got the ice. He's super intense. Obviously, he brings a lot of experience, knowledge, Stanley Cups, you know, personal player Stanley, Stanley Cups with him. Uh, he's got what it takes, and he knows that mentality of how to win and where you need to be and where a team needs to be. And I think that's an asset that is worth giving a, giving a try. We talked about the coaching changes with the, the, with the Kings and of course with the Islanders. Uh, What do you think about so many of these other coaching changes that happened early in the year, in particular Minnesota and St. Louis? Yeah, Minnesota, I think they were having a tough time getting things moving and where are they? And they're still having a tough time getting things moving um, <laughs> in the central. Um, I am a supporter of the wild specifically just because I like a handful of the players they have on, on the team, but I think you've got to make some moves And the blues. I think that was to be expected as well. They're mm-hmm. definitely performing a lot better. It seems to have made a difference there, but again, I think so much of that is just luck it has so much to do with your core players. And if there is a bad seed in the locker room or multiple people and or any number of things going on can all play into it. I think you can't put too much blame on the coaches. I think it is their responsibility, of course. They're the leaders. They have to get this group to to work. But that's a two-way street. All right, let, let's talk about – well, let's get off the coaching for a second, talk about some of the good that's happening on the ice. Uh, 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 Boston, you know, they've got one of the best records in the league. They already have 71 points. They have tied with the Canucks. Uh, is it – do you think it's between those two and the field, or do you think oh, a, a Colorado has been playing very well? Uh, I can't see it there. No, the Rangers. I know Sid – I look, I you know, Sid and I talked about it last season during the playoffs. I mean, I was on yeah. the Rangers. I was on the Rangers bandwagon until they, they lost early. But uh, what, what should you think? Yeah, are, are, is, it, is it Brewers and Canucks and, and Bus, or are you taking the, the, the feel at this point? I never – I think it's too early. I just think it's too early. This sport, you see so many injuries and things happen – I, I I just never go off of the standings at the halfway point. It's it's too hard. I mean, Boston got eliminated in the first round and they had the best record they've ever had as an organization. So yeah, like maybe <laughs> they'll make it again. I, I, I looks strongly that they will make it to the playoffs, of course. <laughs> I just think you can't make can't make that call, especially when there are some teams that are you know, a couple points away in that third seed that are like neck and neck with points, like in the Atlantic, you've got 
wings, leaves, and lightning all basically at the same point. And, and so it, that can go anyway so quickly that I, I just have a hard time going like full on, <laughs> full in on it. And especially with the injuries and we've seen it play out. We've seen it play out so many times and we're even seeing it play out so strongly with the rookies who are in the league now going down with very serious injuries. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard. You just can't put that kind of pressure on it. But I do think that the Avs have have significantly turned their season around. The stars are not to be messed with, which I can't believe I'm saying, but they've <laughs> done really well. Winnipeg's been playing really strongly all season. All Those three teams in the central and the top are one to two points behind each other. So that can vary so much. And I don't know who comes out on top there, but I do think it's good to see a lot of the, um, I would like to see some of the Canadian teams make it to a Stanley cup final. We'll see if that happens. We're hanging out with Chicago's very own Miss Rachel Ray Ray Kacha, co-host of the house of hockey podcast. She's hanging out with us right here on second city sports on sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Ray Ray, let's say in that Eastern conference, we all know the Philadelphia Flyers head coach, John Tortorella is he's a, Basket case, if you're uh, covering him in the member of the media, uh, he could be a lightning torch at times. But he has the Flyers at 25, 19, and 6. I know there was some controversy, using air quotes here. They traded away their top prospect a couple weeks ago. Uh, what do you think about that situation? And can we really uh, believe in the Flyers this year? I know they've been an upcoming team, and they're, they're rebuilding these last few years. But are, are we fi- Can we finally start to buy into this team that can – they, they could possibly make some noise in the playoffs should they get in. I don't want to go against my man, John Tortorella, who is <laughs> on the wall behind me, whom I love so much and is my favorite coach in the league. I still think the team has a little ways to go. Yes, they've significantly improved. And I do think their odds of hopefully getting into the playoffs, whether that's a wild card spot or like a third place spot. I'm, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I do think that they are so strong as an organization and what Tortorella has built over the last couple seasons is starting to show and it's coming to fruition. And I think that that organization letting that rookie go, whose name is escaping me. What's his name again? Uh, It's Cutter. Cutter. Yeah. Uh, Gautier. Cutter Gautier, right? He. Yeah. First of all, can you believe that that guy was like, no, I don't want to be a flyer and like said that to them. If you're going to say that to any team in this league, you don't say that to the Philadelphia Flyers because they're going to put you out and they're going to tell their fans and you're going to be dead to them. And that's what happened. And they called him out for his BS. And I love it. I like Keith Jones was like, Mm -hmm. you went full court press on him and was like, he said he didn't want to be here. We don't want him here. We made our moves to get rid of him and get the value that we could from, where did he end up going? Arizona? Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Good on the Flyers and good on them for being transparent about it. And that kid's going to have a lot to prove. And to think you have that much clout and, and swagger when you're that young, 
get a hold of yourself, you know? And I think they really <laughs> showed him that he needs to like get a grip on reality and you have to pay, like, why wouldn't you want to play for the Flyers and that incredible fan base in Philadelphia? They're very intense. They're very scary. Just, just like Patrick Waugh to me, but <laughs> to play for a, an organization and a fan base that is so devoted to hockey and cheering you on and supporting you. I don't know how you can turn that down. And Tortorella is an exceptional coach. If you listen to any interview from any player who has formerly played for him, no matter what stage of career they were in, they have nothing but positive things to say about Tortorella publicly. I go on the record and talk about They've had arguments with him or disagreements, but they talk it out and they meet in the middle and they learn from each other. And I I could go on and on about Tortorella, but I won't. I'm team Tortorella. I don't know if I'm team Flyers, but I like to see them back in the mix. I want to see Tortorella get back into the playoffs. So I'm I'm hoping that's what we get to see. Hopefully that'll be the case. Uh all right. Uh, uh, outside of the on uh, outside of the ice, um, some of the, the the TV stuff. I remember a few weeks back. Remember the the Blackhawks and the Sabers were supposed to play. That was supposed to be the TNT game, and but instead they got the Panthers, the Railways and the Panthers. Of course, it actually ended up being a pretty good game. I think the Railways ended up winning overtime, stopping a there was a three game winning streak at the time. So uh, how do you think the guys on TNT did with that game, despite you know all the weird circumstances surrounding that? I think that was one of the most fun things to watch in a long time. What a just quirky, bizarre moment of hockey history to get to watch um, Biz and and um, I'm blanking uh, Henrik Lundqvist. I was like yeah. I could see all their faces. Henrik Lundqvist, Anson Carter, and Liam McCune. Yeah, just having them and try like having Hank trying to do play by play and like commentate. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so biz is eating a steak in the middle of the game. I mean, just they embraced <laughs> it. And that I think, right. yeah, they embraced what was happening and they didn't stray from who they were and they just let it be like you were watching an intermission on TNT. And I think that's the way to go. You don't try and be something you're not. You don't try and do, you don't send, you know, Anson as color for the first period and have, you know, Hank do play by play. Like, no, 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 no. You let these people live in the corners they live in and just let it, <laughs> let it be this magical moment. I, I would be happy if we had, you know, a couple of those a year. Staying uh, uh, with the with that well the TN I like that TNT crew just like you do Ray and they they've been improving every year so they they must see TV just like the guys on inside the NBA but I want to go back to on the ice and talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals uh, or the Capitals if you're in DC if you refer to them as I know both of them are tied with 51 points I know both of them missed the playoffs last year. Uh, it looks like both of those franchises are on the collision course to miss the playoffs again this year. I, I want to see Ovechkin and or Crosby go at it one more time. It, realistically, do do yours truly? You think your truly is going to get that, or or mm -hmm. are we just seeing the fading of those two franchises because they've been at it a long time? And I know things uh, uh, things uh, good things eventually come to an end, but 
it doesn't look good for, for both of those franchises. I wish I could see one of both of them at, in the playoffs one more time at least. I think if you were a betting man, Sid, you should put your money on the Penguins and Sidney Crosby just based on that man's... Uh, I'm afraid he was going to say that. <laughs> Listen, Crosby's out. I'm not Crosby. Um, Ovechkin is you know, out with injury yep. something and... That organization's been having a tough go for the last couple of years, trying to find their footing as well. And they've got a great core. I think they've got some talent there. However, if I had to pick between the two, I would put my money on the Penguins. I think, yes, they lost some of their their guys, but they've still got that original core. And Sydney's leader, not you, Sydney, the other Sydney's leadership is just so strong and that organization is so surrounded by him and supporting of him and you got to believe in 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 Sidney Crosby well going to teams that probably will make the playoffs you know the little Blackhawks aren't going to make it but uh Connor Bedard mm-hmm. up until he got hurt has was breaking records all over the place I mean 18 years old he's still you know just imagine how much he's going to have so uh what do you think this guy's the limit for uh, Mr. Bedard and Perhaps even the Blackhawks to some extent, because they actually had some pretty uh, solid talent. Um, they, they, you know, they, they've locked in a couple of their veteran guys. You have to play with him for you know, for next few years. They, they probably they probably will will, com- will contend for a playoff run for maybe like another couple of years. But what do you think about where do you think the ceiling is for the Hawks? You know, with with Bedard and some of the building pieces around him. I like what the Hawks are doing with Bedard. And by the by the way, I unfortunately was at the game when Connor Bedard got his jaw fractured. I did back-to-back Blackhawks away games and I went to Rangers Devils and I was pretty devastated. And I was like, I am not going to say that I'm a jinx. That's not what happened because he played the night before and everything was fine. It's not my fault. It is somebody else's fault that is here. (laughs) So it wasn't me for the record. However, I liked, it was interesting watching Bedard. Let's talk about Bedard's playing abilities He's very talented. He's he's definitely, you know, the star on that team. Their whole uh, pregame warm-up on the ice is all centered around Bedard, and they give him one-timers at the end. It's all around him and building him and the core around him, and I think that's great, and he's really handling this with such grace as far as, like, an 18-year-old and all of this media publicity and pressure about how wonderful he is. And I'm sure it's absolutely killing him that he is out right now with injury because he was, as Lakina said, breaking all of these records, building all of this incredible just career. He's building his career. He was named an all-star. He obviously is not there. He can't go. He's He can't play. I think it's really exciting to see that he's doing so well. However, he's got to adjust – a little bit more to the rough and rowdy NHL hit him hard, but hit him clean. I don't care if you're not looking, I'm going to hit you in the shoulder and you've got to take it. And I think he's got to find a little bit more of that Jack Hughes that Jack Hughes has developed after being, being a rookie he was similar, like just trying to play fast and make these plays and do all this stuff, but he wasn't looking for the check, you know, and wasn't looking for the guy on the ice and protecting mm-hmm. himself and maybe sacrificing 
the play that you're trying to make over, you know, what's happening. And I think we saw that with that hit, you know, he, I don't know that he was anticipating that's how that was going to play out. And he thought he could probably make it around and he didn't. And, you know, I think he's obviously going to learn extremely. That's how you learn from these things like this. And he sounds like a player who's really into learning and improving. And I'm excited to see what, what we can do with him. I'm really happy Felino is there. I think if we didn't have seven other players on IR with Connor, mm-hmm. we could be seeing a lot more progress happening. I think it's going to end up taking us a little bit longer than we had hoped. And I think Coach is probably really frustrated. I think he's been on the record saying that as well. Just it's not the season they thought they were going to have. I don't think they were expecting playoffs, but I think they were really hoping to use this as a year to really just develop and find out who can play really well with whom and where and and which veterans are really adding to this and which ones we don't need. And I think it's a little bit of a bummer for us this season, um, but there's a bright future ahead. It might just take us a little longer. I want to get your thoughts before we take a time out for the bottom of the hour break. I want to get your thoughts about the Corey Perry situation. How did you think that the Blackhawks handled that? It looks like now that Corey Perry's back in the league with the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton, yep. This story. Do we have to go over the details? We don't have to, no. Google's your friend, folks. Google's your friend, kids. Listen. I think I said this from the beginning on the House of Hockey podcast that the Blackhawks are in a position due to the recent past of how the organization has handled inappropriate behaviors from players and coaches or whatever. They are hyper aware and hyper alert that if anything goes wrong that is remotely unacceptable, they have to get out in front of it and nip it and call it out and let that player go just based on the climate that they're in and with the new um, GM in there trying to revamp this organization and come out from under the past and all of the mistakes that they had made. So I think that pressure and that knee-jerk sort of reaction caused people to believe that whatever Corey Perry did was so grandiose and so bad, but it's not. I, I don't, we don't know what happened, but he met with Gary Batman, the league commissioner. Gary Batman said he was still eligible to play. And I think Gary is a pretty reasonable man. And if he deemed that not to be the case, I don't think he would allow it. I mean, he won't let coach Quenville come back. They met and he said, no, you haven't done enough to show you've changed. So he's willing to give people a second chance, but they have to prove otherwise. Right. So seeing him in Edmonton, though, is sort of like wah-wah because you've also got Evander Kane there who's got his own off-ice dramas and challenges. (laughs) And it's kind of like, God, really? Like you're just going to put a big spotlight on all these players who've made some poor decisions off the ice and you're going to let them play still. I just think there's a little bit of a line that's missing somewhere. And it's hard when you don't have the facts with Corey Perry, because we don't, we don't know anything that happened. And to even entertain the rumors that were started is just baffling and totally uncalled for. And we're starting to see, I'm going to go down a tangent. Sorry. Cut me off. If we have to go to break, (laughs) we're starting to see this 
thing happen where there are members in the media and they're starting rumors. There was rumors about Hazy being involved in the Cutter Gauthier story and trying to convince him not to play in Philly. And that was a complete lie. And it was presumed by some reporter and brought up and turned into this wildfire. And Hazy's was getting death threats to his family. So it's like it goes out of proportion so quickly. So you have to be so careful with rumors. The same thing with the Perry situation. There were so many rumors and I I prefer to just assume what we know is like, I prefer not to assume and only listen to the facts. So he's back on the ice. Listen, he's towards the end of his career anyway, age wise. Sure, he could probably play maybe a couple more seasons, but it's what it is. It pisses me off and it's it's there, but I just hope the Oilers lose. I just hope they don't get out of the playoffs and I hope we <laughs> get that revenge. And, you know, it's a shame because Perry was really, at least to the public eye, being a, a really great leader for Bedard, which is also really scary because now you're like, oh, my God, what else was he like telling Bedard off the ice? You know, there there's footage of them, you know, staying after practice and working on shots and, you know, doing things together. And, you know, so I had like this much um, positivity towards Corey Perry at the beginning of the season. And then just to see how everything else played out is like, okay, the, you know, it's just so frustrating. I think there's, it's hard because you they are these hockey players are one person on the ice and they're another person off the ice and i think we see that a lot with professional athletes too they're they can be one guy in the locker room and then they go home and there's somebody different and i think there's a lot of different coping mechanisms with being a professional athlete and and being famous and being known and who knows what's going on with Corey Perry. I did not believe his press conference of how hard he worked in the last two months to get back to the ice. Like, I don't believe it, but it's what's happening. I went, I went down on a real tangent. I'm sorry. I have a lot of opinions. And thoughts about <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll all get, take a chance to kind of take a deep breath here as we got our girl, our other girl, Christine Manico character be on, on deck. And now of course she's going to join the fun. We're going to talk about the NHL all-star game. Also to the, uh, the pro bowl, uh, their games uh, are, are continuing this weekend. And of course we'll give uh, Christine sauce, her early thoughts on Super Bowl 58. Um, other sports media news and a whole lot more. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, our girl, the house of hockey's Rachel, Rachel Kopchak, second season sports on Sports on Chicago. More, more, more sports, more fun, more talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
Trish is having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Friday edition. I'm Sid Desilkina. It's Rachel Ray Ray Kopchak right there. You can follow your truly on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow my Kenny McGee on the Twitter, X, I can't screen, and the IG. This is our last break of the show for today and for the weekend, so make those questions and comments uh, great as we um, – Head out for the weekend. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right. All right, said it, Rachel. Let's let's welcome in our girl, your girl, our buddy from KXRV, Miss Christine, the Queen Medica. Hey, Christine. Hey. Hi. How is everybody? Good. Doing great. How about you? We're, we're doing great. It's sunny, it's warm, and I'm loving it. <laughs> I know up here in Chicago, it's the same thing. We're, it's in the 40s here. Like I said, it's feeling like the yeah. islands uh, here in Chicago. Uh, so we got a lot to get to uh, now that you're with us, uh, uh, Christina. Let, let's recap real quick the uh, the uh, championship game. You know, you've been perfect through the playoffs. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of credit for it. You actually got the Super Bowl uh, matchup right. Of course, it'll be Chiefs and 49ers. So, uh, Give us a, a synopsis of what you thought about the, the Lions last week, and they came up short. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they're the Independent Lions. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, but, but even so, what did you think about uh, the championship games last week? 
I thought they were great. Honestly, I feel bad for Baltimore because I really thought that they were going to put up more points than what they did. Um, I thought that Roquan Smith was going to be a little bit more explosive defensively than what he was. And uh, Odell Beckham was pretty quiet when it comes to the offensive side, too. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he, in my opinion, got the MVP out of that game just for catching his own throw pretty much after it got deflected. I thought that was probably the best play of the entire game. Um, And I – those – yeah, I, I was just upset for Baltimore. I didn't want the Chiefs just because everyone thinks I didn't want the Chiefs because of the whole Taylor Travis thing. No, it's just because they were a good team, but not a great team. Not how they've been in years past. They just they haven't been performing to what everyone's been used to seeing them. And now all of a sudden they're showing up to the Super Bowl. And that that's what frustrates me is that they weren't supposed to be there. And I get it. Now everyone's like, what What do you have to say now? Well, I have nothing to say now because that just sums up the NFL entirely of how weird it's been. I want to ask you about the Detroit Lions, Christine. Of course, they were up by 17 points at halftime. They punched the 49ers in the mouth. Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, he's been a gambler all years, worked in his favor for, for the most part. But in the second half, Half 0 for 2 on fourth down. Of course, the 49ers scored, I believe it was 27 on the answer points in that third quarter to come back from 17 points down to win that game. What did you think about his decisions? And he stuck by them uh, doing his pros game presser. You know, that's the one of the many things I admire about Dan Campbell is the fact that he always owns up to his decisions and what he does during the game. He never puts the blame on his coordinators, on the players. He always owns up to his decisions. And I think that says a lot about who he is as a coach and who he is as a person. Um, why he made those decisions I think it's what what he says because he may not have an opportunity with this team or, you know, going forward to be in this position. I do kind of revert back to uh, the game with uh, Dallas, how they were trying to go for two on uh, after for the extra point with the uh, oh, gosh, it, it was right before the postseason, too. And he they kept on, you know, saying, oh, penalties here laundry there and just after two or three times of them trying to go for that two-point conversion you would think after the second time okay let's just go for the extra point and tie the game and then go into overtime but he didn't do that so if I was in that media room I would say okay Clearly, there was a sign coming from above or wherever saying, hey, you just got to <laughs> kick the extra point at this point just so you can tie the game and at least have a shot to beat the Cowboys. And I think I would be that same reporter in the, the in the press conference this past game to say, hey, you know, just to get points on the board and to get back in the game to at least try to get it into overtime – why didn't you just kick the extra point or why didn't you just go for the field goals during those crucial uh fourth downs or even during the, that crucial uh that uh just to get points on the board situation so it was heartbreaking i think they just uh i don't want to say they got cocky but i think they got confident that pretty much after that lead they had it in the bag but with the, with the team like the 49ers when you had Kittle Samuel McCaffrey with a team like that you know that they were going to adjust their game plan pretty well and they did and they answered really 
They answered appropriately. What are your early thoughts on uh, next Sunday's Super Bowl matchup? God, I just hope they crush the Chiefs. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) That's my point. Yeah, that's my plain and simple answer because they deserve it after what they've done to build the team that that what they got to get here and to have a story like Brock Purdy. I mean, to get from Mr. Irrelevant and now Mr. He's going to the Super Bowl at 24 years old and they probably should have been in the Super Bowl last year just if he wasn't injured. This is his moment. This is definitely the 49ers' time to shine, and and I'm all here for it. I think when we're out there in Vegas next week, Chris and I said once the Chiefs were in it, we're going to make a fun game to count how many Swifties we can see (laughs) just to to, to entertain ourselves and see what we can come up with. And, Christine, the kicker here is going to be if the 49ers win, everybody's going to blame Taylor Swift for the Chiefs losing. That's so exactly right. That for you. Yeah. I know. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's going to be either way. There was a fun little thing I heard about how um, all the private jet spaces have been filled already in Vegas. I guess you have to like reserve them in advance and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And with Taylor's situation, she's going to be flying in from Tokyo. And we were making a joke about how like some some plane's gonna get bumped in order for her plane to slide in there. So who's it gonna be? We we don't know. I make the joke saying that's probably gonna be Roger Goodell's plane that gets bumped, but that's just me. <laughs> but you know Taylor will be really nice about it too, and like pay them a bunch of money, or right? Like, you know, send an apology yes. letter and be like, thank you so much. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, I want to ask Ray. Uh, I know you, you claim you watch this much NFL, which is zero for those listening back on the replay on our podcast. But uh, <laughs> I know we know that the Super Bowl is the number one TV program in our country, the United States, every year, averaging over between 100 and 110 million viewers. Uh, will you be watching next Sunday Super Bowl, Ray? And if oh. so, do you have any uh, Super Bowl traditions of uh, how you watch the game, or is you just use it as a nap? <laughs> No, no, I watch. I that's okay. the point one percent or like the the one percent of football I watch every every year <laughs> is the Super Bowl. I love it. I love the halftime show. I want. I can't wait to see Usher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love watching the commercials. I, the game is kind of whatever you know. So I usually. <laughs> I usually do like work <laughs> or something while I'm, you know, and just kind of glance up. Like I'll probably just do my taxes while I watch the Super Bowl, you know, and then just in at the parts I want to watch, I just watch. <laughs> well, yeah, they're yeah they're already taking the bets on what's going to be the first song that Usher plays. So, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, 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 yeah. It's in the lead right now. I think it's like plus like two hundred or something. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. But uh, but yeah, I mean, with with the NHL All Star Game, you know, coming up north, you know, in Toronto, and then of course you got the Pro Bowl. Uh, continuing, they had they had like earlier part of the skills competition yesterday. So, uh, what do you guys think is, is like is the best, or if 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 it's not, you know, look, so we talked about this you know, over the last few years when it comes to All Star Games, but mm-hmm. you know, festivity. So, uh, what do you guys think is better? Is it the NHL? The you know the the Pro Bowl? The uh, the MLB or the NBA, Rachel, I'll start with you. Which one do you think is the is yeah. the best All Star game? I think the MLB when they do the home run derby. Mm-hmm. I think ah. that's the best. Mm-hmm. I think okay. I don't think anybody cares about the game. Do they even do a game still? The MLB. Oh yeah. Okay. This See, do. Like, yeah. It's back to the exhibition. Thank you. Yeah, I'll say it's, it's just it's not for a whole field for uh, the winning league. 
Too, yeah, so. it's it's like I don't I don't even really like watching the NHL All Star like the actual game. I really don't care about. I'm more into the skills things. But I think the home run derby is probably the best of the All Star things we do. I don't even think do NFL fans even watch the Pro Bowl. Christine, are you watching the Pro Bowl? You know, I've seen some videos on YouTube, like Jason Kelsey doing the the long snap game. That was kind of fun. Then there was that giant dodgeball game. So I think just for the the novelty and like seeing the players outside of the real field and in the childhood game setting, I think that's kind of cute. But like it's it, it is what it is i think i agree with you about the mlb i think that's the best when it comes to the home run derby and i also love that celebrity tournament too i love it when the celebrities have fun with it and just you know see if they can actually hit a ball which is kind of funny too yeah the nhl is trying to bring in that celebrity element they've brought in um celebrity captains this year i saw that yeah, yeah. And I mean, I didn't know who Tate McRae was, and I'm sure yes. people were screaming. I mean, there were some people I had never heard of. I'm like, where's Shania Twain? Like, let, where's the people, where are the celebrities that we know that are Canadian? <laughs> well, um, fun fact about like Tate McRae too, her brother is actually a really good hockey player in uh, the college worlds. And she, uh, she actually knows a little bit more than what people think. Wait, Tate or Shania? Tate. Tate. <laughs> like, yeah. Who? I was like, yeah. wait, Shania has a brother old enough to be in college? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's confusing. Hey, yes, she does. Yes, it's not to discredit her there. Um, but I think the same thing to what you're, you were saying, Christine, with the fun games and things that they do is the same with the NHL. Like the skills competition, the hardest shot, and some of those mm -hmm. things that they do are great. But it's when they get too complicated, like sometimes those new games get really complicated. And then it's like, it just just let's just play like mini sticks, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, this looking, I had this opinion for years and I'll say it now the NHL, the, the pro bowl for the NFL is the worst. Now they have flag football and they have all these skills competitions to fill that up, which we called it on this show looking they need to do when they do it, they're doing it now for the second year in a row, the NHL all-star game. I know they got the, the battles of the divisions, which is nice, but, the last time I was into the NHL All-Star Game was the late 90s, early 2000s. And I know Rachel remember this. I know you're a couple years behind us, but I know you remember this, especially when the NHL Fox had the All-Star Games. They had you know, North America versus the world. They, at that yeah. time, they were trying to promote the NHL players to get the get the players into the Olympics, which worked. But that was when the, All -Star, the NHL All-Star Game was, was in its greatest time, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't remember that. I think... I think they would have a hard time doing that now. I don't think we, well, you have to do North America, right? You have to do Canada mm -hmm. and the U S because I mean, most of those players would be Canadian, but yeah, right. I, 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 I don't know. I, it's just like a press. It's all just press and promo for the league. I think a lot of this mm -hmm. NHL all-star thing is just, it's for the fans. It's, it's not really for the fans at home watching. It's more fun when you're in person and doing it. And, you know, at least we get the clips on the YouTube these days. So mm -hmm. yeah, right. The well, yeah, and it's in Toronto this year. So I think that, that I'm sure the folks there are really excited about it. So I'm uh, not going to dip with this first but I, I got to agree. I think the MLB all-star game with the, the home run derby is as, as you guys usually said, and it's, it's definitely interesting because we've been, like you said, Sid, we've been saying that, Hey, you know, the, you know, the NFL will probably go to a fly football format and they've done that. So mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, but but I guess you got to keep the the fans and the non-fans too. So you got to keep everybody occupied until the Super Bowl. This is that's actually when having two weeks before the Super Bowl in between the championship game and the Super Bowl is probably a might be a little bit weird because you get these kind of things. But I think it's a good way to have fun, whether for the players or families, the fans in, in those cities. I mean, it, it's fine. I don't. I'm not going to dampen anyone's spirits. I, I love the NHL skills competition. Is one of my favorite parts of the. Uh, the all-star gift for them. So I'm looking forward to that coming up tomorrow. Yeah. I forgot about the families, Lakina. Yeah. It's like for the players, families, they, they bring the kids. And I think seeing some of those moments from the NHL players, we don't get a lot of personality from the NHL players. I feel like you get a little more personality in the other leagues, you know, in post game interviews and on, on and the internet and stuff, but we don't get a lot of, the players' personalities off the ice in the NHL. And I think the all-star game is one of those moments in that whole weekend where we get to see a little bit more of who they are. At least, you know, some of them bring their kids and you just get to see that other interaction that we don't get to see enough of. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Friday edition. I'm Sid, that's Lakina, that's Christine. It's Rachel, Ray, Ray, Kopchak, as we are uh, having a little uh, grab fest right now. No pun intended, so we'll... or talking a, a fun range of topics from hockey to basketball to anything we feel like talking about. Uh, Rachel, before we uh, close out the show with some, we still have a few minutes left. Before, before we close out the show with some fun questions, of, I want to give you a congratulations to you and your calls, Breezy. Great job with that interview with Kenny Albert on the House of Hockey podcast. You guys hey. are on YouTube this year. Uh, you guys did a great job. Tell us how you got Mr. Albert to join your program. Let me tell you, Kenny Albert is one of the best in the business. Could not be nicer. I was in Seattle for work and I went down to the Pike Place Market and decided to get some lunch. And he was standing right in front of me in line. And I said, excuse me, are you Kenny Albert? And he's like, yes, I am. We started talking. I told him I was a hockey fan and we just he invited me to have lunch with him and his whole crew. He was there with his uh, Fox football crew because they were there covering football. Mm. And I got to just get his opinion on everything. And he could not have been nicer. Like just so normal, so nice, offered offered to come on the podcast. I didn't even ask him. He was like, I would love to come on your podcast. Take, you know, let me know. Take my phone number. I'm like, you can just give me an email. That's fine. And he's like, no, 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 here, just, you know, we'll set it up. I'm like, Okay, Mr. Albert, whatever. <laughs> Could not have been nicer. Um, and he also helped me meet Eddie Olchek mm. and John Forsland. Um, that's that picture behind me. I was not oh, nice. going to ask for a picture, right? Because we are all four of us are professionals in this. Scene, oh, yeah. Right? And I'm like, I'm not asking them for a picture, but we were up in the TV booth and the producer for the TV of the Kraken, because we were in Seattle. It's like, oh, hey, do you guys mind if we take a picture? And I was like, yes, yes, let's take a picture. And so I got my picture without asking for a picture. Um, <laughs> it was incredible to meet Eddie Olchek and John Forslund. I fangirled so hard with Eddie. Like, I was, I was like, I'm from Chicago, too. And I'm Polish, too. My last name is spelled like your last name, but a little bit different. And um, we really miss you calling Blackhawks games. Like, I was just like... <laughs> Seeing mm. everything in my brain, and I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I had no time to prepare. I it was like you know, but then he 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 was fine. He was wonderful. I was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, 
okay. Like, why are you telling me all of this? <laughs> uh, that's, you know, we obviously did not get Eddie on the podcast yet, but uh, Kenny could not have been nicer. He's, that man is so talented. He covers all four major sports all year long. The guy doesn't take a break. One day he's covering football. The next day he's covering hockey. The next day he's covering NBA. And if there's MLB going on, he's doing that too. Um to be able to use your brain and call play-by-play for all four of those sports and know all of those players, know all of those numbers, know all of the rules and everything. I mean, it is not to be understated Mm -hmm. the incredible talent that man has. And he wrote a book called a Mike for all seasons where he shares so many incredible stories, pick it up, pick it up. He was a roommate with Barry Trotz, Mm -hmm. like back in the day, like the stories Mm -hmm. and, and the connections are just incredible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I heard him uh, promote it. Yeah, she sounds like a whole lot of fun too. And uh, who is like your your dream? Like you know, well, well, of course, you know, Kitty Alba, Of course, that's your, your a dream uh, uh, interview. Who's like who's like the one player, or coach, or commentator who would you like to interview on your podcast? I don't know. Let Christine go first. I gotta think about this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. God. Hey, Sid, you go first. Interesting. Well, Lakina, we, we interviewed so many great people throughout the yeah. years. And uh, one person, I will say, this is just off the top of the head. Uh, hopefully we can get her back on, on the podcast. That's Leila Rahimi from NBC5 yes. Chicago in 670 score. We had her on a couple of years ago. You know, she was going through a transition, of course, you know, through COVID at the time. And then, of course, she uh, uh, got back on, you know, doing some stuff for six, seven, of she got hired full time. Of course, uh, NBC5 picked her up. And so I'm really proud of her. She's been doing it for a long time. I think almost a decade now, Lakina, uh, in this market, of course, she worked you know, originally from Texas and uh, mm-hmm. she uh, she worked in Philadelphia. She worked in Houston. Uh, she worked at a couple other places as well. So I'm really proud of her. Hopefully we could get her back on at some point. And she, she's really talented. Okay, I thought of mine. They okay. say never. They Go say ahead. never. They say never meet your heroes, and I think that also applies to never interviewing your heroes. But mm-hmm. I'm willing to take a chance and interview John Tortorella. I think if oh, I could gosh. have like a real conversation with him, like if you could get him like out of like press mode and really just him and and have a conversation and let him just be himself, I think it would be an incredible conversation. Gosh. Okay. So, so I think Ozzy Guillen, that would be a good one to interview. Would love to sit down and chat with him. Another one, Michael Jordan. Obvious reasons there. Um, and I don't know. I guess if if we had the opportunity to, you know, speak to the the deceased Walter Payton, of course, you got to talk to Sweetness. Got got to see what that time was like. Oh goodness! All right, uh, my turn. Uh, okay, we said we over the years we've we've been. I know me as a whole. I, I've interviewed a lot of people. I would love to. Good, good grief. Uh, athlete, you know, commentator. Well, look, we were trying to get Chris Vosters on. I want to. I'm kind of fascinated to see. You know, will we try to get him on? You know, maybe hope we can get him on this year. You know. Yeah, don't give up hope. Don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not but uh, yeah, okay. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you know, he's you know coming in, stepped into his shoes. You know, we all know what kind of transpired. You know, what led to that, and uh, he's gotten better. Him and Panger had done a do a great job calling the games for NBC Sports Chicago. 
So I would love to have him. And even, even Darren Payne, too. I mean, he's the, they have kind of like this, this cool, like, big, you know, younger brother, big brother type relationship dynamic. So I think I really, if I get, we get either one of them on, I think that, that would be great. I think you should try harder for Panger than Boston. Mm. Holy oh. jumping. <laughs> oh. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right, Sid. All right. Here's a, a, a couple of fun questions for you guys before we uh, close up shop uh, for the week. We know that Usher is going to perform in the Super Bowl halftime show in a couple of weeks in Vegas. I'm sure he's going to have some guest stars that we don't know about yet. Rachel, I'll Gee, start with you. What would be your yeah? Uh, what would be your halftime show if you if you were in charge of producing it? What would be your ultimate Super Bowl halftime show? You could pick any artists that, that are alive or deceased. Uh, what would you pick as your My personal halftime show? Yeah, my first instinct would be Britney Spears because I don't think she ever performed solo, mm -hmm. uh, but she's like kind of retired, whatever. But I wish we could have had her in, back in the day have her own show. Um, but current, I would have to say Lainey Wilson. I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with her. I love her. She's amazing. Just me personally. I don't care about the league or the fans. Those are just my choice. <laughs> <laughs> Christine. Christine. Well, mine's already happened. Uh, you too. They did it after 9-11 and they did three songs mm -hmm. full out. And that's mm -hmm. all that's all that they had to do. And uh it would be awesome to see him perform it again, of course. But uh that's yeah, I, technically, I guess in my situation, uh, I that will be my super bowl, super bowl next weekend. So I am getting it twice, technically, but <laughs> technically, uh, but yeah, mine mine's already happened, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you say mine has already happened too. I mean, we had that cool hip hop uh, theme for uh, the Super Bowl a couple of years ago between the the Bengals and the Rams. I mean, yeah, they didn't. They didn't sing. We knew they were only going to sing their uh, their main street hits. It is, mm -hmm. They didn't sing any of their uh, their other hits. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, you, know, Dr. Dre, Snoop, uh, Mary J, and you know all the others, Kendrick. I mean, that was actually really, you know, really cool. Uh, really cool halftime show. And you said you said yourself, uh, Christy, too. You two was you you two was a good one. Uh, Prince, you know, in the rain, yeah. you know, in that Bears Super Bowl against the Colts down in rainy Miami. So yeah, I, I've had all my Super Bowls. <laughs> we had a little bit of everything, all those Super Bowls. So uh, I don't think I really have one, especially when the among current artists. I guess maybe Kendrick can do one by himself. I guess I don't know. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, I guess Taylor Swift, I guess can do one. I, I guess in the next year or two. I don't know. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah. What about you, Sid? Uh, I will bring one back from the deceased, Michael Jackson, one more time. Remember, he yeah. kicked it off about 20, mm -hmm. uh, 30 some years ago. That was the Dallas Buffalo Super Bowl in Pasadena in January of 93. And this singer is about to retire. If you really know your old school music, he is the cousin of the deceased singer Prince Morris Day in the time. Bring back uh, Morris Day, bring back Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Jelly Bean Johnson. All that whole crew, um, that was Prince's first uh, band that he hired. I'll bring uh, Morris Day in the time. That'll be my ultimate halftime show perform. Oh, cool. Nice, diverse, little diverse group yeah. uh, of people uh, there that we all shows. As is, I can see sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Sydney Brown, our girl Christine McCaskey, being our other girl, Rachel Rory Kopchak from the House of Hockey uh, podcast. Uh, anything else before we disperse? 
Uh, let me throw out one more question before we close out. Of course, during the college football national championship game, of course, you have a bunch of celebrities in, in these owners' boxes. Of course, there was one shared with Stephen A. Smith and Michael Jordan and others. I'll start with Rachel first. Whether it's the Stanley Cup final or the Super Bowl, whatever, who would be in your uh, owner's box? Like celebrity-wise? Yes, yes celebrity-wise, yes. Lainey Wilson, Britney Spears, Cher, um, Meryl Streep, Ooh. Beyonce, ah. Jay-Z. Um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Christine. Oh, gosh. Um, that's a tough question. Wait, can I add Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky? Okay, I'm done now. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to think of people like who would get along. You know, I don't want anybody who exactly. like doesn't get who doesn't get along. Uh, I would uh, you two, obviously, of course, Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato. Um, I would also want. Oh my gosh, Tom Brady, Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, geez, <laughs> that that's pretty much all I can think of. I mean, anybody's I'd open up my doors to everybody. I'd say, come on in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, clean up an L5. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, Grant would keep everything calm, I think, right? I mean, he would kind of like keep the no. yeah, so you know, he's gonna. No, exactly right. No, yeah, we're on the same page. No, no, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Oh, no, he would probably not. (laughs) He'd be just like the other Kelsey brother jumping out of the suite with his shirt off, you know. Right. You know what? I want Jason Kelsey in my suite. I don't want Travis. I want Jason. Jason seems like the kind of person that will get all the fun. So yeah, he'll get the fun starter. So the breaking intention. So yeah, I want I want him as part of my entourage. Uh good lord. Uh, maybe he get you know new addition. I guess we're going a little old school uh, there. Mary J. Uh, I'll, you know, Faith Hill, another kind of like ah. and, Tim, and Tim McGraw to kind of break up that uh, you know, get a little country country uh, pop mm-hmm. there. Uh, oh gosh, I can't really think of it. Like I said, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep folks out keep the peace. So I, I guess LeBron. I think he can kind of. You know, bring everybody in. Uh, that's about it. I mean, I, I can't. I, well, I can't think of anybody that's going to get along, and that'll. I don't want any fighting in the in the suite. So, uh, I think those are kind of like my peeps. <laughs> uh, just real quick for me, Patrick Kane, Jeremy Roenick, Janet Jackson. Mm. Let's see who oh. else. Uh, who else? Uh, Joel who? Quenville. No. <laughs> no. 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 Come on, you gotta get his side of the story. Oh wait, I forgot one. Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. I would get oh, Jennifer Lawrence. One. Yeah. Oh. oh, thank you, Christine. You mentioned up the first name. Uh, she was a star in the '90s and the early 2000s on Party of Five. Jennifer Love Hewitt. She would be my mm-hmm. other, uh, celebrity yeah. in my celebrity box. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. Oh uh, yeah, I think that's about. Let me see. Uh, celebrity crush. I got, I got so many. So uh, let me see. I have so many. It, it, I know it's silly. Uh, I'll say Tom Brady. I'll I'll, I'll get one of Chris here. They Tom Brady kind of, and I'll bring Gronk. We can bring Gronk along too. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> oh, and Rachel didn't mention this person. Did you travel to the city of Philadelphia yet this year, Rachel? Yeah. No. 
I know you won't have this person, this person in your celebrity box. And we'll close the show. Patrick Sharp. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) another one we need to hear some real facts from about what went down during those years. (laughs) I don't think anybody has time for that. Talking off the ice, uh, you know, those rumors. She's on it. I want to know. I want to know what went down. I want to know if anything mm-hmm. happened with a teammate and a wife and a whole thing. I need to know. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, a hockey exclusive. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, boy. Right. I would be like, <laughs> off the record, Patrick, of course, off the record. But just like, did it happen? Like, what happened? <laughs> oh, <goodness laughs> All right. On this, oh, on that note, you follow me, Kenny McKee, on the Twitter, X at Kenny's and the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you on social media? They can follow me at C Manica underscore KXRB. And that bird's still hanging around? Yes, I do. Yes. Still got the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, where can the lovely people follow you on social media? And where can they catch the House of Hockey podcast? Yep, you can listen to the House of Hockey podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or watch on Spotify as well. And you can follow me at the Hockey Lady on IG. I don't really do much of the Twitter, but uh, I have all the things. <laughs> oh, Cliff Kingsbury. That's another one. Cliff Kingsbury. That's another one I would have in my celebrity box. Continue, sir. Oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more time, as Lakina would say, you can catch Second City Sports live in the Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, and of course, you can catch Second City Sports anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. Uh, of course, you know, if you get the Roku TV on whatever you get your apps, on your television, you know, smartphone, whatever you get your device, you can catch our show, replays of our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas, and a whole lot more. It's all right there for you. You can catch Sports on Chicago anytime, anywhere on Roku TV. And you know we will provide. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the all-star uh, festivities of both the Pro Bowl and the NHL. Of course, our thanks to both uh, Miss Rachel Kovchek and uh, Miss Christine Mack from KXRB for joining us as always. Uh, of course, you, know, ca- you can catch you know, anytime, anywhere. Uh, and of course, you know, for Rachel, Christine, and Sid, I'm Lakian. Enjoy all the sports and, uh, this weekend, everybody. And this little break before uh, the, the Super Bowl come next weekend, all the crazy things that start happening there in Vegas. Uh, this is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you guys next week. Till then, holla!